the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? You lucky team, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the second hour of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. And we continue today meeting and talking to uh, candidates for the Flint City Council in the August 3rd primary. Today we're talking to uh, the three candidates in the third ward. And my guest this hour, joining me by phone is uh, probably familiar to a lot of you, Quincy Murphy. Hey, Quincy, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Quincy, um, you know, you've run for a couple of things before, but with this being an open seat, do you you think you have uh, a a better handle on on running this campaign this time around? Well, um... I wouldn't be running if I didn't think I uh, was going to win. I didn't run or lose. And Quincy, um, could you, so people who maybe don't know you from your work on the the Charter Review Commission and other things that you've done uh, where you've been active in the community could could you share a little bit about some of your experiences and and what you would bring to the council well um thank you um i've been out here active in the community i ran against um i don't know if you remember former johnny Tucker, um, the late Johnny Tucker, who used to be the councilman for um, the Third War, been running um, for council for a long time, and not because I just wanted the position, because I wanted to see a change.
times in the community, and I've watched um, the community change over the years. I've watched the politics downtown and city council always attending the meetings. Then um, when I um, got on the charter commission, <clears throat> it gave me a better understanding of how um, city government actual actually runs. Not only gave me a better understanding, it also allowed me the opportunity to have input in what needs to change when it comes down to um, having an effective and putting some teeth in the charter to help move the city of Flint forward. So that gave me <clears throat> the opportunity out of any of the candidates that's running in any of the wars, not only the third war, um, that I'm thankful and grateful for. Um, I serve on the MTA board now currently. I was appointed originally by uh, Dane Wallen, then reappointed by Karen Weaver, then recently reappointed by current Mayor Sheldon Newton. I'm on a board of review appointed by City Council, um, recommended by um, Third Ward Councilman Santino. <clears throat> the board of review then on that gave me the opportunity to um, learn about um, property taxes, assessment, how that works, how they um, levy um, taxes, you know, um, people property taxes, personal taxes, um, poverty exemption. That, that taught me that part of it. Um, I'm on the Genesee County Land Bank Advisory Board. And that gave me an insight of being able to um, learn more about how the Genesee County Land Bank function was coming up as far as any kind of program. They had the Clean and Green program at the land bank. Um, you know, they, they go around and clean up um, abandoned properties in Genesee County, not just the city of Flint. It gave me the opportunity. So that distinguish me from the candidates that um, I'm running against, except um, Kerry Nelson, because he was a um, former um, councilman before. Um, I want to see the city of Flint move forward. Well, so Quincy, you go to a lot of city council meetings, and, and you speak up and share information and concerns from some of the constituents of the, of the third ward and nobody knows better than you about the the city council's reputation for infighting and meetings that drag into the wee hours of the morning and don't get things done and um and and just becoming sort of cartoonish to people looking in on those meetings can a single council person influence the behavior of of their colleagues um, to 
to make it more efficient? I think one um, single councilman can set an example. I don't know how effective one city councilman can influence others. We could um, possibly bring suggestions, which I um, plan on doing to try to um, run the meetings more efficiently where they not so long. Um, I think part of the problem with city council meetings running so long, um, the behavior is personal. It's an individual. It's up to that councilman to um, be able to uh, conduct themselves in a decent and orderly way. I think part of the problem with our current uh, council, we don't respect one space that is nine of us. And uh, it's, it's done got personal. It's um, the, the, the um, black and white, the racial divide is uh, just getting worse. Um, and it needs to stop. I'm not into that. I'm not on nobody's side. I don't have no horse in the race when they come down to council. Um, I just think we need to figure out what is, what's triggers. For, for an example, me and my sister know what triggers one another. So if I know something triggers you, I'm going to try to stay away from that as much as possible. And I don't think they have no <clears throat> respect for one another when it comes down to saying things that triggers one to go left on each other. And before you know it, the, the whole meeting got out of order. So I thought all of them, because they all play a role, not say all of them necessarily, because some of them have conducted themselves in um, good um, positive um, manners for the most part. So it's a few on there that can uh, use some um, some diplomacy when it comes down and, and some tactfulness when it comes down to how they treat one another. And they need to work on that. One of the big things that, that's come up just recently on the, uh, the city council, and, and it's kind of in limbo now, is the uh, relationship with Republic, the uh, company that collects the trash. There was a contract that expired, negotiations to, to renew or, or issue a new contract broke down. They missed the deadline. There's now a 90-day contract in place, and... <clears throat> I've talked to some people running uh, for city council, not just in the third ward, but in you know, other wards as well, who would like to see Flint get back to collecting its own trash. What do you think about that idea? Who should be collecting the trash for the city of Flint, do you think, Quincy? Of course, the union workers who originally was um, collecting the trash um, would be my um, real, real quick, fast, answer to that um the emergency manager came in and union bus up our um garbage sold our trucks and all of that but at this point in time um that's water under the bridge not to say that it can't happen but there's no no contract i thought about it there's no contractor 
that's going to come and bid on a one-year contract. So say, for instance, if we say, okay, we're going to give uh, uh, the bid to someone for one year. They're not gonna. They're gonna want to bid on something for three years. So I say within the three years, what we should do is uh, give the contract to whoever. I wasn't in agreement with the ninety days for the three hundred thousand dollars. Within these three years, we should look at what we need to do. We got forty-seven million dollars coming in that have arrived and hit the account of the city of Flint. We could take a portion of that money, get our own. Um, buy our own trucks back. It's going to be a process in getting those trucks, so that's not going to happen overnight. We got up, we got up to, I think, three to five years, if I'm not mistaken, to um, spend all of the $94 million that we have, um, take a portion of that money, put it um, aside to um, get our trucks back, um, come up with a comprehensive um, blight plan for trash, not only trash for residential, but trash that's in these abandoned, vacant lots, the blight problem, come up with a comprehensive plan for Flint to come up with a clean Flint and within three years roll out our own in-house trash plan that not only include trash, include um, eliminating blight in the city of Flint. That would be my plan. Do you think that uh, the needs of, of constituents in the third ward are different than uh, uh, residents in other wards, the fourth, seventh, whatever? Well, being that the um, third ward is the biggest ward in all of the um, wards, being that there are more um, land versus um People and you know we do have I guess equalization of the people based on the population because there le there are less people living in the um, third ward far as just geographic areas so it's constantly expanding. Uh, yes, I do think that um, third ward is uniquely different than other wars, um, similar to some of the other wars, but the needs for the third war is much different than other wars because in the third war you have more land so therefore you got more green space so what does we developing those green space looking like and how can you make a significant impact because i am a targeted person so i look i feel like working in targeted areas so how do you target the third ward in a way that where you make a significant impact where the residents that do live in the third ward see a significant difference in the work that you're doing as a councilman. What's that look like? How do you bring in the residents to give them a sense of belonging? You know, how do you re-energize uh, re them to give them hope because they they have lost it? When they watch, turn on city council, they see the bickering. Hey, Quincy, I, I hate to interrupt you, Quincy, but I, I have to take a short break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? All right, my guest is uh, Quincy Murphy. He is a candidate for a seat on the Flint City Council in the August 3rd primary. He's one of three candidates running in the third ward. And we're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze a few words in, and then we'll be right back. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you are listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wanky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we continue our look at the uh, campaign for the uh, open seat in the third ward for the Flint City Council. That primary election is uh, coming up August 3rd. There are three candidates, and we're talking to all three today this hour. We're talking with uh, Quincy Murphy, who has uh, joined me by phone. And uh, Quincy, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around, and sorry to make you sit through all that. That's okay. Um, just before the break, we were talking a little bit about the needs of uh, people in the third ward and how they might be a little different uh, because of the amount of land in the in the third ward uh, versus the uh, versus other wards around the city. Um, what are some things that that you would like to see happen in the third ward? You've mentioned blight quite a bit. Wow, um, I would like to see some of these houses that um, is abandoned rehab um, into home ownership because if you um, create home ownership, it creates a tax base uh, back onto the tax roll. I would like to see um, homeowners who live in the third war be allowed the opportunity to be able to tap into funds to um get their homes rehab. Um, if you rehab their homes, it will stabilize their homes. It could um, stabilize the taxes on their um, property. It will stabilize the taxes coming in in the city of Flint. I would also like to see, um, I'm part of the Clean and Green program through the Genesee County Land Bank, where we maintain over 70-some um, abandoned properties right now. I've been doing that for the last 10 years. So a lot of people will come and talk about how blighted um, the third ward is Quincy been working to clean up blight for years so you're not really going to see me chasing cleanups because we've been cleaning up Quincy been working in Dewey Park I would like to see the cleaning green expanded through throughout the whole entire city of Flint and um, figure out a cost amount and how it can be funded because the cleaning green program you got so many different groups that come in and clean up around their neighborhood to give them a sense of pride, a sense of belonging, and it also gives them a stipend for cleaning up the abandoned property. So if we had the Clean and Green program throughout the whole entire city of Flint to cover the whole third ward, the whole second, fourth, it's a buy-in from the other councils and the colleagues that's going through similar problems because the blight in the third ward is not just in the third ward, it's all over. In some wards, it's just more than in other wards. So I would like to work with the Genesee County Land Bank, maybe um, the City of Flint, Community Development, Black Rand Dallas, where they can find matching funds to try to help fund the Clean and Green program to help these people that's cleaning up. I would like to see the um, Genesee County Land Bank cleanup crew um, expand it to where they ain't doing just one cut or they ain't just doing a most strip. You know, because the way they mowing the grass now, they mowing just one strip at a vacant lot that's not next to a household. They don't scale back because of the lack of funding that they have. So even though the land bank own the properties, they are still in the city of Flint. And the city of Flint give first rights of refusal. They refuse to get, they turn those um, properties over to the land bank. So the land bank end up having them. So even though they the land bank problem, they still a city of Flint problem. 
The city of Flint has uh, certainly had its share of problems. Um, throughout its history, it's, it's managed several times to reinvent itself and become a comeback city, but it seems like for the last 30 plus maybe 50 years, it, it just seems like hard times come along in the middle of hard times. We, we went from losing a lot of jobs and a lot of tax base to emergency managers, to the Flint water crisis, to the pandemic. Um, and, and just recently, the city council was, was really hung up um, trying to get the budget, um, the next budget passed, largely arguing over uh, federal dollars. And my question is, Quincy, do you think there could be a time when Flint could sustain itself without state and federal assistance and and what would it take to to get to that point no not at this point in time i don't think the city of flint could sustain itself right now one of the things that we've done in the charter commission i'm glad you brought up that question was we added a revenue estimation commission in the charter what the revenue estimation commission was added in during the time that we was um, putting together the charter, we was up under the emergency manager. And what we didn't want to see, we didn't want to see the city go into bankruptcy. We didn't want the city to go into another emergency manager. So what we done was we added a chart, um, a revenue estimation commission. Why we added that in there, we wanted someone with financial background, expertise in municipal government to come and one was going to be chosen by the mayor. The other one was going to be chosen by the city council. And then the um, of the third one was going to be chosen by um, those two that was appointed by city council and the mayor. What the Revenue Estimation Commission was designed to do was to be the extra eyes and ears of the finances of the city of Flint projecting long-term um, revenues coming in the city of Flint um, and giving advice to the mayor and council on what they should do if they see red flags in the budget to be able to forewarn city council like y'all making moves that may be detrimental to the financial budget of the city of Flint and since we got the charter approved it has not happened and I believe um, Attorney Linda Pauley and Alice Gills had to sue the city council, and they in negotiation of now trying to bring on that to, for violation of the charter because those were some things that some of us that voted for the charter and supported the charter wanted to see happen that has not happened um, up under the leadership of um, Mayor Neely or up under the leadership of Karen Weaver. So I'm not pointing no finger at no mayor whatsoever but up under the leadership of both mayors this did not happen so whoever want to um blame fault for not appointing and bringing on that that's on them but it has not happened it still hasn't happened and we watching it and i'm still looking forward to that happening so no to answer your question no i don't think the city of flint is in any kind of financial condition right now with a projected 17 million dollar um budget to be um, not getting state revenue sharing. The state revenue sharing and the cuts of the state revenue sharing is one of the reasons why the emergency manager came in up under the leadership of Dane Wallen. You know, Quincy, you mentioned the uh, 
the new Flint City Charter, which has uh, been around for a couple of years now. And um, for people, and, and I don't even know if you know that I that I did this, but uh, once the um, once the new the new charter passed, I sat down with uh, Paul Rosicki and uh, uh, Charles Winfrey and. Um, who else did we have? Uh, uh, Terry Bankert. And we read and recorded the entire Flint City Charter. And so I have it available, the audio version, on a three-disc set. And if anybody's interested in getting a copy, they can reach out to me on Facebook. I would love to have one just to um, hear that. I'm glad you guys did that. Yeah, we, we dedicated, uh, I, th I think we did it over two shows, and then I edited down um, to, to fit, um, or, or I, I guess to take out the commercials and all that stuff. Okay, and, okay. And okay. have an audio version of it. And uh, so it's, it's an exact reading of the Flint City Charter, um, and it's all laid out, you know, with uh, a jacket tells you, you know, which tracks or or which parts of the charter and all that um, okay but anyway uh reach out to me on facebook I, I didn't mean to do that little commercial and it's not really a commercial it's more of a public service it's okay uh, but anyway i have copies if if people want to get an audio version of the flint city charter but let's let's uh let's move back to uh the the flint city council and you talked about some some things that uh, I don't want to say that you know accusing uh, various mayors of dropping the ball, but you talked about things that weren't done under multiple administrations. Mm -hmm. um, what about the relationship between the, the council and the mayor? Some candidates are are very critical of uh, the current mayor. Some are critical of the previous mayor. I know at least one candidate that. Uh, um, it couldn't going back through history couldn't find a mayor of the city of flint that they thought was a good mayor <laughs> but what do you think about the relationship between the council and and an administration how should they work together or or are they adversarial by nature um i, I think part of the problem is the role and responsibilities of um, the legislative body, the checks and balance in what role the city council plays and what role the mayor plays. And I think sometimes the city council tried to micromanage the mayor. They did it up under Karen Weaver, and they're doing it up under Sheldon Neely. Um, not that it's um, a bad thing, um, but for an example, if I have an issue in the third ward, constituents are to call the mayor's office. Um, but we so sometimes believe, well, I'll just call my council. First, the protocol will be to call the mayor's office and um, let the mayor know of that issue in your ward. If that does not work, then you call your council. Your council say, well, my constituent called the mayor's office and they complaining about such and such and such and such and such and such. Uh, and I'm following up behind the constituent. 
because the mayor is the one that gives directive to the department heads, not city council. If you call the city council, I'll work with whoever the mayor is um, to try to get it done. But I think that's one of the issues, because I, I know, you know, when before I served on the charter, I was like, well, I, my council, my council, my council, my council, we think that the council have the um, power to do everything, but it comes through the mayor's office. Because when you call your city council, the council ain't going to do nothing but call the mayor's office and say, well, hey, boom, 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 um, such and such, this tree, this sidewalk, this trash over here. And sometimes, what has happened is the mayor and the council, they play politics with one another. So if I don't like this councilman, I won't give orders for the department head to go over there and do something, and then it'll be a reflection on the council. I don't have no horse in the race. I'm not on when uh, I respect all mayors. I respect Karen Weaver when she was in there. I respect Sheldon Ely when he in there, regardless of whether I supported you or not. The people uh, spoke. They voted. They voted for you to be the leader of our city of Flint. So I respect the leadership, but I'm only going to support what's right. I'm not going to get behind no kind of wrongdoing and no kind of stuff that's not right for the city of Flint. So whoever the mayor is, I will not support you if it's not right for the city of Flint. But whatever you're doing, long as it's right for the city of Flint, I'm 100% behind you. And that's what we don't want to distinguish. We too caught up into politics and who supported who and who didn't do the. And I'm quite sure there's going to be a lot of times that the mayor may not or my colleagues may uh, get the majority of support on something that I don't agree with. I have to move on. We don't know how to move on. We, we get stuck into, uh, I didn't support you. I ain't never supported you. You got council members right now that did not support um, Sheldon Neely when he ran for mayor and still don't support Sheldon Neely. And as a result of them not supporting Sheldon Neely, they have made it, they intentionally have made it hard for him to get anything done at City of Flint. It's personal. Quincy not going to go down there taking stuff personal. Quincy going to support what's right. If, if Aaron Weaver the mayor, if Sheldon Neely's the mayor, if whoever runs for mayor and become mayor the mayor, I'm going to do my best to get behind them and support their agenda. But if it's not right for the city of Flint, I'm just not going to support it, and it's not personal. And I'm going to keep moving on. I'm not going to take it personal. We get too emotionally caught up, and that's what's going on. What do you think of the Flint Police Chief's idea to um, do a, a trial lease of uh a helicopter for the police department for the city of Flint. Do you think bad time? Yeah. Bad time. Bad timing when you got to look at the response and the 911 calls when people can't get a police officer to come to their house. When if you call the police, you're not going to get no helicopter. I don't mind a comprehensive plan to deal with um 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 safety. But what what else after it's over with? If we already facing a seventeen million dollar deficit, what, what how we got three hundred and four thousand dollars to um get a helicopter when we need more uh foots on the ground? What makes sense? What would be more effective? What do you think is the the most effective um, crime fighting tool for uh, violence in the city of Flint? Is it 
breaking up where people hang out? Is it targeting those those locations? Is it uh, more boots on the ground? How do, how do you think we, we need to approach um, the violence in Flint? Well, I'm going to give you an example. I, I think it's more of a um, crime prevention measures versus um, more law enforcement. I, I don't think we can um, police ourselves up out of what's going on in the city of Flint. I think we have a, a deeper problem than uh, just hiring police officers. I'm not saying I'm not for bringing police officers on the ground because we're at this point in time, because it's so far gone, we do need police officers to be able to respond to the crime that's going on and the deep dive that we need to do when they come down to creating um, preventative measures to uh, prevent them from um, um, creating crime. That needs to happen. But in the meantime, in between time, you, you do need police officers on the ground responding to 911 calls. And that's been a problem for a long time. But we can't police ourselves up out of what's going on in the city of Flint. We need more jobs. We need more things for people to do. For example, I started working in Dewey Park probably 20 years ago. When I first got in that park, they used to be up there gambling. They were up there shooting dice, um, selling drugs, all kind of illegal activity. I started doing positive stuff in that park. I started planting seeds in those young men's um, minds and turned them around. I asked them for ideas on how we could change the park. Now I don't have problems with it. Now we're utilizing the park. Now we got a baseball training thing going on. Now we have um, open houses up there, birthday parties. The Drivers just had something up there. Uh, Man Up just had something up there. Every day the Sylvester Brooms and the Brain Kids up there. We got new playgrounds, new tennis court. New basketball courts. We maintain the park. We got residents go over there and pick up trash and set it out every day. We adopted the park. That's how you deal with crime in the city of Flint. But you target areas. You target areas and you figure out what can we do to prevent crime. You got to do it in that kind of way. And you mentioned jobs a couple of times, Quincy. Um, isn't that kind of a chicken and the egg problem? How do we get job creators to adopt Flint as home? First of all, you stop all the chaos in city council because when they <laughs> um, city council for any kind of zoning or um, tax credit or whatever that they need to come in Flint, if they got to go through city council, I ain't coming to Flint. So we got to start setting an example because you never know who's watching us. And if they're watching us and they seek city council and all we you hear is point of order and call for the question and point of this and, 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 and uh, I appeal your – that's all that raise – that's be a lot of our takeaways when we listen to city council. We need to do better than that. Yeah, what, what happens at city council stays on YouTube. but but all all joking aside though uh quincy i i always uh, give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your campaign and you know maybe reach out to to support you or become part of it or just find out 
you know what you're about um, do you have a website or a way that that people can contact you I do have a website it's on my literature my literature those in the third ward that's um, been receiving my literature you can go to my website down there at the bottom of my literature I don't know it by heart so I don't have it in front of me and I don't have my glasses on so I can't see it but I do have a website um, can people uh, just google you and find the website maybe they, they, it's a possibility Quincy they, Murphy I, I, what I'll do is I'll post um, my literature on my Facebook page you can go to my Facebook page Quincy Murphy um, and I'll put my literature up there I have a website up there um, we doing um, lid drops in the community. We doing mailings in the community. Uh, we got a big fundraiser coming up this weekend. I'm excited about running for. I feel great. Um, the uh, the response out there in the third ward is real good. Tell um, tell me about the uh, the fundraiser, Quincy. Um, this Saturday, um, from two to five on Marengo Street, that we've been responsible for cleaning up. Um, I have my first fundraiser because you know it costs to um, run for city council. When it comes on the yard signs, the literature, and I want to get good information out there. We got two different lid drops um, coming out. Um, one just talks about my experience and my qualification in running for city council, and then the second piece will also talk about my agenda. How do I want to move the city, um, the third ward? forward how do i want to move the city how do i want to work collectively with the city of flint the city council and the mayor my goal and objective of running for city council is not to go down there and get to arguing and fussing with the mayor and the city council my goal is to go down there and represent the um third ward residents and do my best to move the third ward excite the th third ward to um know that they got a um, councilman that's going to be working for them that's going to be their public service i'm um, praying that the Lord bless me to be able to get in office. I appreciate the other two candidates that's running for office. Um, this is what democracy looked like. It's not nothing personal with any one of those two candidates that I'm running against. They, um, this is we all have a right to run for office. We have different philosophies of how to get there. We got different philosophies of what we think we need for our community. Um, I worked up under Kerry Nelson before, so I know how he worked. Um, I, the other candidate, um, we got different philosophies of things, especially when it comes down to um, sexual orientation and um, supporting a candidate because of their sexual orientation. That right there is a different trajectory that we disagree with one thing that if you is in a gay lifestyle you because of their religious belief they don't um believe that they can support a candidate that is living a gay lifestyle um, well quincy we uh, unfortunately we have to end it there but thank you for sharing some of yourself and your time with me and the listeners today good luck with the uh with the campaign and uh, on August 3rd. Thank you very much. Thank you for your listening audience for giving me the opportunity to share 
my ideals with them. And hopefully you'll get your family and friends out there to vote for me. Quincy Murphy on August 3rd. Thank All you. Right. Take care, Quincy. We're going to take a short break, but there's uh, more of the Tom Sumner program citizen, straight Doug ahead. Wing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination. Freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. 
Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. More than one audience has been taken unaware by the humor of Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona. Here is Senator Goldwater accepting the nomination for President of the United States at the annual mock convention of Washington's exclusive Alfalfa Club. Well, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me since Walter Ruther made me an honorary auto worker. (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen, if my voice trembles a little at this historic moment, I'm sure you'll understand. It takes my breath away even though I feel the White House is now ready for me since Jacqueline remodeled it in an 18th century decor. (laughs) And frankly, I I feel it's a double honor since I've never even been to Harvard. (laughs) But members of this convention, this has been a genuine draft, not just the kind felt by reservists, and I've, and I've yielded to it in the sincere belief that no man with a drop of patriotism in his veins could turn down such a golden opportunity to advance his family. Uh, of course, the, the Goldwater clan is not as large as the Kennedy clan, and my brother Bob doesn't want to be in government. Uh, He promised Dad he'd go straight. (laughs) And I wouldn't be truthful if I said that I was fully qualified for the office. I don't play the piano, I seldom play golf, and I never play touch football. But I hope you'll find it in your hearts to accept a president who just sits behind a desk and works. Now, I must take note of the fact hear that my opponents call me a conservative. If I understand the word correctly, it means to conserve. Well then, I'm just trying to live up to my name and conserve two things that most need conserving in this country, gold and water. me to turn to my campaign platform, but before I do that, I just want to say that I don't apologize for being a conservative. I can remember where the conservative and mother were clean words. <laughs> but as you all know, I've argued for some time that we should do away with the cumbersome and lengthy, unmeaningful and platitudinous promises that the platforms of both parties have become. We need bold, brief statements that all Americans can understand. Now, the first plank fits neatly on one page.
but I think it's basically sound and honest. It will mean the same thing to you whether you live in the north or the south, whether you're a farmer in Maine or an industrial worker in California. It says, and I ask you to play, pay close attention, elect Goldwater. <laughs> now, gentlemen, that's it. No nonsense, no shilly-shallying, no hair-splitting. Just elect Goldwater. It's got a nice ring to it that I sort of like. And is there anyone, from the highest to the lowest, from the ordinary school child to the lowliest Harvard professor, who can possibly mistake this meeting? I'll go even further. Is there anyone in this convention hall who doesn't understand it? Now, members of this convention, the other two planks deal with labor, education, foreign policy, and the farm problem. Here's plank number two. Elect Goldwater. <laughs> now, you may notice a certain similarity between the first plank and the second. And I want you to know that that was deliberate. It's been my experience that the public is confused if you offer too many issues. The thing to do is to get a hold of a good one and stick to it. <laughs> Hammer it home. Repetition, gentlemen, is the way Madison Avenue sells toothpaste and soap, and it's the way the new frontier stays in the limelight. But when repetition occurs at the White House, and it has since 1932, it's not a sales pitch, it's a giveaway. You don't even have to guess the price. And now, gentlemen, for the final plank. Plank number three. This is the bell ringer, and it's even shorter. It just says ditto. <laughs> there, gentlemen, I suggest that you have a platform in five words. Elect Goldwater, elect Goldwater, ditto. And just to keep things symmetrical, I think I'll hold the budget down to five figures. Jane Mansfield's for openers, and I'll accept nominations for the other four. This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Cooler. 
Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 